what are the other types of audits? We have uh, the full security audits, so where the application is complete. How much does it cost to do an audit? That's a very good question. Hey guys, uh, my name is Ish Goel and in this video we are going to talk about our uh, smart contract audit service and answer some of the most uh, frequently asked questions by a lot of people. Uh, I've got Nitika along with me who's been our uh, go-to person for everything tech and she's been the one who's, uh, uh, who's who's been developing a lot of smart contracts and also auditing them. So today we've got her to answer uh, some of those FAQs for us. Cool. So hi Nitika, welcome to this first podcast episode of uh, all about uh, audits. Thank um, you. I think we'll we'll get started uh, straight away, Nitika. So you know, uh, some uh, some of the most commonly asked questions that we get for our smart contract auditing service, where we uh, where we make sure that uh, you know when people come to us, developers come to us for getting their contracts audited. Um, we try to make sure that they are bug free. Uh, so the first question which people ask uh, and which developers keep uh, posting to us is when do they think they are ready for an audit? So if somebody wants to know when am I ready for an audit, what is your opinion in terms of when somebody is ready? So uh, from my experience, like uh, I would broadly classify into two things. So one is an interim audit hmm. and the second would be a full security audit. Sure. So uh, if you are building an application, which is a complex one, mm. and you have some complex components already coded, mm. and you want an expert to look at them from mm. a fresh pair, fresh pair of eyes, just to see that you know, you're going in the right direction, that the gas levels are optimized, uh, that is the best strategy that you could have used, uh, that's when you go for an interim audit. So for example, if uh, you're building a lending protocol, say something like a compound. Yeah, in D5, for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So uh, in this case, uh, the main core logic would be how would I distribute the interest to all of my uh, users mm -hmm. who are depositing their funds. Correct. So now, what is the best strategy to do this if I I cannot just uh, distribute them uh, in a single transaction that would meet the block gas limits? That's not possible. Mm -hmm. So I will have to uh, convert that to a way where the people come and they can claim their uh, interests. So things like these, you know, the approach that I have followed, is this the best one before it reaches a stage where I have written the entire code and it's a point where I can't go back now. So basically what you're saying is that uh, if somebody is building a DeFi uh, protocol, so there are often components which are complex. So if it's a lending protocol, there are some components like uh, distribution of interest, which you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So those are the ones which require a lot of due diligence. So when you are building something big, you want to make sure that you are following the right path. And I think you're suggesting that uh, interim audits help in making sure that the path that you are following for building this alternative uh, financial product, which is eventually going to work on Ethereum for that matter, uh, that particular component is is audited by uh, people That's like right. us. Yeah. Fair enough. And what are the other types of audits? So then we have uh, the full security audits, so where the application is complete, at mm -hmm. least from the developer's standpoint. Mm -hmm. So the features that were spec'd out, they're all in place. You have done the functional testing mm -hmm. by writing automated unit test cases. Generally, mm -hmm. it should be 100% code and a branch uh, line and branch coverage. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you're done that stage, and you want to go out to the community for others to try out their product, to uh, put in some money, just play with the application. That's the time when you come to us for a full security audit where we identify security vulnerabilities. So our focus would be that 
this transaction should not have gone through or this should not have been misused and that's in place sure so it's basically you are saying that functional level testing yeah. uh, is ideally done at the developer level but then uh, for the functionalities which the developers have built our job or for that matter an auditor's job is to find security vulnerabilities in that's that right. functionality yes fair enough so from a now to if you if you were to summarize uh, the answer to when am i ready for an audit i think uh, you have you've said that um, you are ready for an audit if you've built out a complex functionality of your project and you you want to test its implementation with with a bunch of experts or otherwise if you are planning to launch the product to uh, to the ethereum mainnet or a bunch of people out there uh, that's the time when you get a full security audit done is that fair is that a good summarize uh, summarize perfect okay perfect cool so the next question uh, that we often get uh, nitika is uh, what is the duration of audits one thing which we've seen um, a lot of people uh, come uh, and say that we are we we really want the audit very quickly they rush so, for it uh, they yes. rush for it which is not ideal because the auditors must get enough time to audit uh, the contracts so what what is what do you think uh, is a typical audit uh, duration or are there different types of contracts which require different uh, um, audit uh, times but yeah the question is how much does it take uh, from a timing perspective So again we can classify contracts mm -hmm. all contracts are not the same mm -hmm. so if i talk about a very standard erc20 so it's just a token that you've developed and there are a lot of um, open source uh, repositories like open zeppelin where mm -hmm. you can get these already built for you mm -hmm. so such uh, contracts they do not take much of our time so it is uh, we can like publish the report within 48 hours mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. Uh, however if you move to a little complicated uh, contract not that complicated but mm -hmm. yes like a crowd sale where you have vesting schedules where sure. you have reward mechanisms where you have referral mechanisms so these will take slightly longer it could be a week it could be two weeks mm -hmm. and then we have full fledged dapps where uh, you know they have a lot of uh, like defi protocol yeah, like so somebody all building of those lending derivative solutions or perfect, a decentralized yes. exchange yes mm -hmm. so all of these would definitely require more time so there are aggregators nowadays who are uh, integrating with third party protocols mm -hmm. so why do i build a uniswap again so i if i just want to exchange uh, tokens within my application i go and integrate with uniswap mm -hmm. so all of these kind of applications would definitely take a longer time longer time because there are dependencies on uh, different protocols yes. fair enough so the next question nitika that i have for you is uh, are the reports private are the audit reports private uh, what do you have to say about that so this is a choice which the developers make so uh, for interim audits i have generally seen that these are the private ones uh, because it's still a work it's in a progress, work in progress yeah. and mm. um, it's just for a consulting it's and experts i that you want sure and obviously i mean if something is not fully built you don't want to make your audit reports pri uh, public, public so right. makes sense but if we talk about full security audits uh, those are generally the the developers they generally prefer uh, open source uh, reports obviously report. because that's how you yeah. build trust so i mean i and think it's more for the community it's for everybody to trust your application so it's naturally um, you know a way that you show confidence sure sure fantastic okay so the next question that i have for you is uh, what will i find typically in an audit report so when when developers give us their uh, uh, code what do we what do what should they expect to get out of the, the audit report. report yes that's a very good question mm -hmm. so um if i explain an, a typical audit report from somish what would that look like mm -hmm. so we have a section uh, where we uh, 
mention the basics uh, like the commit number what we've audited uh, the contracts that we've gone through just to be very specific that these are the contracts that we've looked sure. into mm -hmm. then we have an understanding section where we uh, try to explain what exactly do we think is the intended use of the product okay. so this depends a lot on uh, the documentation that has been provided to of us course. the clearer the documentation the clearer the intended usage sure. um, and then we have issues which are categorized into three sections mm -hmm. so they are critical issues they are major issues and minor issues okay. uh, critical issues are revolved generally around uh, issues like where the funds are locked where there are chances that the users are going to lose their funds it's all something related to a loss of funds okay. basically mm -hmm. or the owner has too too much of rights where he can just uh, you know uh, play with the funds of somebody okay. of a user okay. and then we have major issues where the uh, code is working correctly correct mm -hmm. or maybe there's a bug also but uh, the logic implemented has some vulnerabilities uh, from a security point of view okay so these are generally in the uh, major uh, sure. issues so where maybe like parameters have not been sanitized well or stuff like that okay uh, and then we have uh, minor issues where these are issues which uh, have low chances of occurrence and low effect on uh, the code as well so these are the minor issues and then we have a section for notes mm -hmm. where we have some gas optimizations, some solidity compiler checks or some basic things which are at the discretion of the developer whether they want to resolve or not. So from our side, uh, the critical, the major and the minor issues are the ones which definitely need to be resolved, resolved before going before, out in the mainnet. Sure. So can you also talk about recommendations like people ask, I mean, if you, do you identify uh, bugs only or do you also provide recommendations on how to solve them? So yeah, so we, uh, where like the recommendation is like really clear. So this would have been the best approach. We do right mention that in the report. Uh, so at times it is uh, at the discretion of the developer. So for example, we might think that the owner should not have got this privilege and that's mentioned as uh, an issue. But it might be at the discretion that the developer really wants that. Uh, so it's a governance yeah, issue, which it's, it's yeah. also so, a business so, decision which yeah, they need to make. Right. Fair enough. Fair so enough. it depends. Cool. But for most of them, we do provide recommendations. Fantastic. Excellent. So the next question that I have for you, Nitika, is what all technologies do you audit uh, from a blockchain perspective? Uh, which type of smart contracts do we audit? If you could throw some light on that. Yeah, so uh, we have worked personally on Ethereum, uh, on uh, Hyperledger Fabric and uh, EOS, IOST. So basically it's Solidity, Golang, Node, C++. These are the languages where uh, we've mostly done our audits on. Fantastic. Okay, so the next question that I want to ask you is, what are the type of tools that are used while doing an audit? If you could uh, throw some light on that. So uh, generally we use static analysis tools like Slither, security analysis tools like Mithril. Mm -hmm. So uh, these gives us a these give us a long list of uh, vulnerabilities that could be there. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, re-entrancy attacks or shadowed variables or uh, some uh, compiler version incompatibility. Mm -hmm. Okay. So all of these, they gave us a long list mm -hmm. out of which the auditors then manually filter that which of these are actually true. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you uh, or the developer actually uh, provides us with test cases, then we run uh, tools like Solidity Coverage to find out what's the coverage of uh, the unit test cases. It also gives us an idea of uh, what kind of cases and scenarios have been covered and what has been left out. So how deep the testing has been done, uh, how many branches and how many times that line has gone through uh, 
a test. Mm -hmm. So all of these help us analyze uh, the quality of the unit test cases that have been written. We use tools like SolGraph, mm -hmm. uh, which give us uh, a flow of the code. Okay. It gives us an overall picture. So it mm -hmm. plots a graph uh, from that uh, piece of code. Mm -hmm. It helps us analyze uh, things like, is the function exposed to an external call, which should not have been, maybe mm -hmm. like it should have been an internal function. Okay. Or uh, if it's like a complex logic, how exactly is the flow going? So it helps us focus on the areas which are more complex. Okay. And uh, of course, that Perfect. helps us in the manual Sounds review. Good. Then. Sounds good. Um, okay, and uh, I have a couple more questions. So uh, one question is how much, uh, how much is an automated audit, uh, which is which is also known as uh, formal verification these days? How is that different from a manual audit, which people do? So can you throw some light on that? So if I talk about formal verification, it's basically a set of tools which are encoded in the language that the tool understands. So for example, uh, if your um, contract says that the minimum staking period has to be 30 days, mm -hmm. so uh, you encode this rule into the uh, tool and you pass the contract and the code should pass if it's like more than 30 days, mm -hmm. it, it should fail if it should be, it's less than 30 days. Mm -hmm. And it's an, so this is slightly different from automated testing in a way that it also analyzes the vulnerabilities okay. uh, because it has more um, access, uh, it accesses the code in a different way. Okay. But yeah, so this is the basic of a formal verification. Uh, it's very difficult uh, to do formal verification of very complex projects because then the rules, uh, defining yeah, those rules of are course. quite... So I think it's formal verification for a simple ERC-20 yeah, is very common. I yeah. mean, that's so what, for an uh, ERC-20 hmm. or maybe for like a crowd sale, so... Uh, Contracts which have, I would say, standardized over a period of time, that's where it's easier. Mm -hmm. And where you have really like the custom contracts and you want to test out your game mm -hmm. theory and everything, uh, a manual uh, review, I think it does a great job there. Fair enough. So, uh, I mean, if you were to uh, if you were to tell our audience in terms of uh, what should they go for if they are building a DeFi protocol, or for that matter, uh, even if they are building a lesser, com less complex solution, what is more? Uh, I mean, from a from a security standpoint, audit standpoint, what do you feel is more relevant today? Uh, while we, we continue to research, but what do you feel is is more relevant today? So, as you rightly mentioned, it's still in the research phases or the formal verification and development of such. Two tools is it's still in progress mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure it would have a lot of potential some years down the line mm -hmm. but if I talk about the technology as of now mm -hmm. I would definitely suggest a manual review by people who are experienced mm -hmm. and uh, who have knowledge uh, of uh, in this domain yeah great so the last question Nitika is uh, how much does it cost to do an audit uh, I think yeah we don't really have a straightforward answer for this yeah, but this yeah is, I'll let you speak uh, about it yeah this is quite subjective actually mm -hmm. so uh, again it depends on the contract and uh, on the complexity of the contract it depends on whether you've written uh, unit test cases well uh, so that that makes the job of the auditor is quite simple. Also the line well, number of lines, I guess. Line, lines of yeah, I think the complexity is what is sure, important. Fair mm -hmm. And uh, apart from that, uh, the documentation, because if you give us a good documentation, if we understand uh, what the code is trying to do at least, mm -hmm. uh, it makes the job of the auditor simpler. And it also helps you, uh, you know, find out the vulnerabilities which are actually there or maybe the specifications which have not been coded at all. Mm -hmm. So for example, again, I'll give you this example, like you have a requirement that the minimum stake period has to be say 20 days. Mm -hmm. If it's not coded, 
the it slipped out of the mind of the developer it will also slip out of his mind at the time of internal testing makes sense because it's it was not there in his mind sure. now if this is written in the specification document people like us can actually go and check whether this condition has actually been implemented sure. this is a very small example but it helps a long way so and there are times when certain things uh, just miss out and it changes the entire game of the application so it's important yeah excellent so the answer to the question is that give us your code and uh, uh, give us your documentation, documentation. and we yes. come back with a quotation in terms of the effort required to audit that piece of code fantastic i think that's it from the questions that i have for today it's been an excellent session thank you for uh, sharing your expertise with us nitika um, but guys uh, yeah that's all for today but we are going to come back with uh, more such sessions with nitika we plan to talk about uh, the caveats of writing a smart contract and what all vulnerabilities are there uh, as we move along this in this podcast series we'll cover some of the more important ones as we go forward uh, and get to hear from nitika uh, in terms of of what are those caveats and how do you solve for them excellent guys thank you so much for listening and uh, this is ish goel signing off along with nitika uh, thank you so much once again thank you